Welcome, everybody, to the AFW College Podcast, where we provide you, college students, with encouraging, Jesus-centered content that you can carry wherever you go. My name is Jordan, and I am here with the caring and compassionate college pastor from Antioch, Fort Worth, Ben Moss. Ben, how's your morning been so far? Oh, it's been great, Jordan. Thanks for asking. Caring and compassionate. Man, I like that. Thanks for the encouragement. I'm doing well this morning. Excited to be here with you. <laughs> yes, I'm glad, I'm glad to hear that. I'm just here to fill you up before we start just taking all your wisdom from you. So hopefully that did that. And I'm excited to be here with you on the mic once again, recording part two of our conversation to help college students win their break for Jesus. Last week, we gave students some vision about winning their break straight out of the parable of the soils from Mark 4. If you haven't listened to that yet, please go and do so. It's fantastic. But today, Ben, we're getting practical. We know, Ben, you love your practicals, and tonight we are letting you loose. We're talking hard skills for them, to be exact, that listeners can implement today in order to bear fruit over break. And what's cool about these practicals is that they're useful for the veteran Jesus follower, as well as the newer Jesus follower. They are valuable for the person on mile 1,000 of their walk with God and those who are still lacing up their shoes just trying to get out the door. No matter where you are in your relationship with Jesus, you can implement these practices and start seeing victories won during your break. But Ben, enough talking about them. Why don't you get us started with practical one that college students can use to win their break? Awesome. Well, thanks, Jordan. Hey, well, just to encourage back at you, you're on about mile 5,000 on your walk with Jesus. So stop. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Well, hey, uh, practical number one for us in winning the break is to guard the word. And I want to unpack that a little bit. You know, one of the things that I love about breaks is that it's an opportunity for us to get long chunks in the word of God. You know, you've got more time than normal. And I love just, you know, 30 minutes, an hour, two hours, you can just soak more of it in. And one of the awesome things about the Bible is that it is a source of truth and that no matter what comes up over the break, the good things or the hard things, we have a source of truth that we can rely on. You know, I've heard it said before that the Bible is not God's biography, but his autobiography, meaning that it was written by him specifically to us, inspired by the Holy Spirit through 35 different authors so that we could have a never ending source of joy, of life life of hope, of purpose. And, you know, one of the things that's amazing is that every time we get in the Word, we take in more of Jesus. And that's what I love about reading Scripture, is it helps me to know more of the person of Jesus, to orient my life more around Him. And the other thing I love about Scripture is that it actually gives us encouragement to spend time in it daily. There's so many different verses in the Bible about this, but one of them in particular that's not specifically related to reading the Bible, but I think we can apply it, uh, comes to us in Exodus 16, verse 14. I'm going to read it for us. It says, Then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In this way, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. Now, the context of this passage is that the Israelites are out and they already start complaining. They're, they're coming out, uh, out of slavery, and once again, they're entering back into, God, where are you? Why aren't you providing for us? And so God says, here's how I'm going to provide for you, Israelites. I'm going to tell Moses 
to come to encourage them to come out once a day and get the bread that they're going to need. Notice it's once a day. You say, why? Well, if God had given the Israelites everything that they needed on day one of the week, they wouldn't have needed him the other seven days. And so in the same way, God has a daily invitation that he's inviting us to draw closer to him. He has a daily word on the way, you might say, for us to be able to tap into. And if you think about that a little bit, you know, the body is made up of flesh and spirit. So the other day, Charlotte and I were going on a hike and we're having a great time. And, you know, I started to get that little grumbling inside of my stomach. Like, you know, I need some munchies, Uh, munchies. (laughs) I'd never used that word before, but, you know, I need I need something to fill me up because I'm a physical person. So my body needs physical nourishment. Well, in the same way, we're we're body and we're spirit. And so our spirit needs daily spiritual nourishment. Mm-hmm. And that's why Jesus taught his disciples to pray in Matthew 6, 11, give us today our daily bread, mm-hmm. not our weekly bread, not our monthly bread or our yearly bread, but our daily bread. Yeah. And I believe that for all of our listeners over the break, God has daily bread that is hot coming out of the oven, coming at you, that we can find in his word. If we'll just take some time to pause and to be with Jesus and to be with his word. You know, one of the practical ways that we can do that is Antioch actually has a discipleship app, uh, shameless uh, plug here, that you can download. And I just want to encourage everybody, get that app. That's a great way for you to be in the Word daily and to be receiving encouragement so that you can be a man or a woman that's guarding the Word. Yes, absolutely. And I, I promise, listeners, you'll be absolutely astonished that there really is something new every single day when you open up the word he's good on that promise and i really like that first thing you were talking about then about just opening the bible and just letting jesus be revealed to us i just really want to hit that that is really the heart of your daily devotion your daily bible time you know it's not about your bible study it's not about your bible reading plan it's not about your bible trivia knowledge it's not about becoming a bible scholar though all those things are great. We want you to, to be Bible scholars. But really, daily devotion is just about opening the Word and just soaking in Jesus's character. Mm-hmm. Simply by looking at Him and being in awe of Him and all the ways that He reveals Himself in Scripture, it's just by doing that that Jesus's character starts infiltrating our hearts without us even realizing it. Mm-hmm. And if I can add just a, a second little mini practical, it would just be an encouragement to listeners to find even just a an anchor verse or an anchor word even that they can cling to over break. A verse that you can memorize, pray into, proclaim over yourself, and keep coming back to just to make it your theme verse. For me, that's always been Philippians 3.12 where Paul's teaching and he says, not that I've already achieved all this or I've already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. And so over break, if I'm clinging to that, I know that, you know, when I don't have the answer to every question, when I slip up, when I mess up, that, that that's okay, that that's not held against me, but I can still press through that to find the reason why Jesus took hold of me. So for you, for students over break, I encourage you to find that verse that you can cling on to, that you can memorize, put in your heart, and just let it from there spill out into your break. So that's practical one, Ben, guard the word. And I know a lot of the listeners here might be thinking, oh, 
well done, Christian podcast. You told me to read the Bible. Would have never come up with something like that. How spiritual of you. Read the Bible. Great. Well, first of all, I want to encourage that listener to relax and chill out. It's going to be okay. Second, we want you to know that we hear you, and, and we think the second practical uh, you might like a little more. Though it's it might be equally simple, the second practical step, it is one that I don't know if I've ever even really thought about or heard put this way, but it's so simple and it's so good and so useful, especially during this break. So Ben, tell us what the second practical step we can use to win our breaks is. Well, the second practical, Jordan, is something I wish I could actually take credit for, but it was something my mentor encouraged me with in college. And I think it's applicable not just for over a break, but also for fighting temptation in general. And it's this, learn to think like your enemy. Learn to think you're like your enemy. In other words, if you were your enemy, how would he try to take you out? Now, you're not your enemy, but if you were, how would he try to take you out? I shared this in our podcast last time that my first break, I kind of got my spiritual tail whipped, all right? I, I thought to myself, the enemy's just going to take a break over my break, right? You know, I've had a great year growing in my relationship with the Lord, and he's just going to take a little time off. Well, what I found is that that wasn't the case. In fact, my temptation in certain areas actually went up instead of decreasing. And, you know, we see that in Scripture in 1 Peter 5, verses 8 and 9, when it says, Be sober-minded and be watchful. Your adversary the devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Resist him firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of sufferings are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. So the enemy wants to do one thing take you out. That is his number one goal. And if you think about it, and this is actually related to, to biblical times, when an enemy army would come in to try and take a city, they would walk around the entire city, which was surrounded by a wall. And the way that they would enter into the city to take it was to find the weakest part in the wall. So what's the relationship? What's your weak spot? What are maybe the blind spots that you don't see where the enemy may try to insert himself to try and create some space? Because if he can take a little bit, he can insert himself in. And so our responsibility as believers is to know what are those places in our own lives? Now, I've often found that those blind spots can just be some really, really little things. So over the break, you know, it might be that you're having a conversation with another senior that's graduating. They've already landed a job and you haven't. Mm. And you just feel this little bit of insecurity start to rise up in you. But that little bit of insecurity, the more that we give it ground and more that we get weight, it can turn into fear, you know, and it can it can move on from there. Uh, you know, maybe it's just you're having a, a conversation with a parent or a, a sibling and you start to get just a little bit frustrated. Now, I know for all of our listeners, they probably never have any conflict with anybody in their family. Uh, but for those of you that do, maybe that that could be another little thing that could insert itself in. Uh, or maybe for you, it's lust. And sometimes what happens in this is it's just, you know, I take a, a glance and then I take a second and a third and a fourth look. And before I load, I'm like, no, I'm like down a pathway that I, I don't want to be down. So there's little areas, little blind spots in our own world. And so we need to ask ourselves the question, are we ready to allocate the right resources in the right places so that we can be victorious? Yeah. Not just over a break, but in life in general. Mm -hmm. 
Some resources for you over the break might be bringing in some other people to help you cover those lower places in your wall. Uh, for me, I remember my first summer break, I called the guy who was mentoring me and I said, hey, here's a couple different areas that I know I'm going to be tempted over the break. Would you be willing to just hold me accountable in these different things? Would you be willing to pray for me? And I also said, when I have a hard day, because it's not if, but I probably will, would you be okay if I just texted you? He said, sure. And what I realized is that at the end of that break, it was less about him responding and calling me and, you know, giving me all this encouragement. And it was more about just being in the light. Because when I was in the light, there was a freedom yeah. that was found there. And there was a there was a release for me to be able to connect with Jesus uh, in a deeper way. So maybe for you, it's calling up somebody and saying, hey, can you just hold me accountable in this one little area uh, in my life? Uh, second way to, to cover a blind spot, to, to resource it, might be um, surrounding yourself with life-giving relationships. That first summer when I went home, I remember very clearly in my mind, there were two groups of people that I knew I could surround myself with. The one group, they were into worldly things. You know, they were partying all the time. They were into drugs and alcohol and all that. Uh, and then there was another group they were a little more awkward, but they were my church friends. You know, they were the youth group friends. And I just had to kind of make a decision in my heart. Who am I going to surround myself with over my break? If I get myself around a little bit awkward uh, church people, they're probably going to help me to connect with Jesus more. They're probably going to point me in him. And, and that time is going to be worth it. You know, I, and I, I wasn't like I disowned the other group of friends. That's not what I'm saying. You know, it, I still wanted to be around them. It's just maybe lean. If you're going to prioritize time, maybe lean a little bit more towards the relationships uh, that are going to bring you life. Uh, the, the last one might just be putting boundaries on yourself. You know, I've often heard it said that God gives us boundaries because he loves us, not because he's trying to control us. And so for you, maybe it's like putting certain restrictions on your phone so that you won't be tempted in certain ways. I don't know what the resources are for you, but I do know the Holy Spirit wants to reveal those to you. and wants to give you wisdom so that you can be victorious over the enemy during the break. Yeah, and I just agree with you. I think awareness is such a big part of the battle, just knowing it, just knowing where you are vulnerable to temptation or anger, or depression, insecurity, anything like that is, is so much of the battle because then you can just reinforce your defenses in those areas. I have a question for you, Ben. When we talk about the devil in this way, we talk about him prowling like a lion, looking for our weak spots, exploiting where our defenses are the weakest, that can start to sound a little scary, you know, it might make people a little fearful, but is fear the right thing to feel when we're thinking about the enemy? Uh, should we be nervous fleeing from the places that the devil wants to take us out in? What kind of mentality should we, should we be walking with when we're thinking about the enemy? Well, that's a great question, Jordan. I think it should be a mentality of victory because the truth is that when Jesus died on the cross and he rose back to life, he looked at us and he said, I don't see your sin anymore. I see the righteous blood that has now covered you. You are now my son. You are now my daughter. And I just want to speak that over each one of our breaks, yeah. that you are fully empowered by the Holy Spirit to overcome the temptations of the enemy, to take ground in the spirit, to be a victorious man or woman, because greater is the one that's in you 
than the one that's in the world. And Jesus invites us into that victory and no weapon formed against you will prosper because the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. Amen. Man, how's that for encouragement? Yeah. Get the fear out of there with that one. As a son or daughter of the, the most high God, what am, what am I to fear? What am I to fear? That's great. I love that one. Now, the next one is going to be is going to go back to something we've we've talked about a lot because it really is. It's so much of our break and it's it's so, so important. One thing we know about our breaks, Ben, is that all of a sudden students have a lot of free time on their hands. Free time is not something you experience during the semester. It's, it, it doesn't happen quite as often. Um, so, Ben, for your, your third piece of advice, what would it be? in terms of our downtime? How can we best use our downtime to win our breaks for Jesus? Yeah, that's a great question, Jordan. I, you know, third one here is steward your downtime well. Uh, you, there are so many different things that you hear people talk about being good stewards of. You know, be, be a good steward of your finances. But it was a totally new concept to me to be a good steward of my downtime. And one of the things that happened that, that first break when I went home is I was like, man, I finally have the time to get to do the things that I want to do. Like I am coming off finals, straight A's, 4.0. Okay, maybe not. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm coming off the, the high of the semester and now the world is mine and I have all this free time. Now, that was great because I got to catch up on, on Netflix. You know, I got to hang out with my friends a lot. I slept until noon a bunch, which none of those things are bad things. Okay, those are all good things. You need to do that. You need to do all those fun things that are going to bring you life. But I had to ask myself the question, is Jesus worth at least a little bit of my free time? Hmm. Is, is he more than enough for me? Like when I prioritize him, is that actually going to be what's going to give my soul life? And when you think about that word stewardship, the way I like to frame that is it means taking something that seems ordinary and normal, like free time, and using it for a noble purpose. So what's the application? Well, the application is, how is God inviting you to take some of the free time that you have over the break for you to encounter him? I know that sounds so simple, but in the simplicity of that, there's an invitation for us to draw near to Jesus. And so I just encourage our listeners, take a little bit of time, 10 minutes one day, and write down a few things that are going to bring you life, that are going to help you use your downtime to connect with Jesus. You know, if you don't plan your downtime, it will have no trouble planning itself, yeah. right? <laughs> and because I'm human, I'm going to drift naturally towards uh, playing Nintendo. Okay, it's been a long time since I played Nintendo, but I'm going to drift naturally towards something that may not be life for my spirit. And so what are those things for you? You know, for me, I love a good book, all right? I've heard it said before, readers are leaders, all right? So here we go, readers are leaders. Um, we actually just came up with a book list uh, that's on our website, antapforth.com, under the college tab. You can locate that there. It's got a lot of different subjects that you can choose from to read an encouraging book that's going to bring life to you. Uh, you like to say you are what you read. You are what you read. Not It's not you are what you eat. You are what you read. Wow, that is good. Amen. You are what you read, okay? Um, maybe it's taking a little bit of time to ask a brother or sister some intentional questions about their life. 
I know that sounds really simple, but it, it's the idea of using your time to invest in things that matter, to invest in things that are eternal. I loved spending quality time with my brother over the break. He's three years older than me, and man, there's some of the richest times that we got just because we were both not in school. You know, we got time together. Um, maybe it's going outside for a long walk, a, a run or a hike. Maybe it is getting extended times of worship and prayer in the presence of God. I remember I would love to, to go in my bedroom and, and close my door, and I would just say, okay, Jesus, I just welcome you into this place. I just want to meet with you. Jesus, you want to meet with me even more than I want to meet with you. And so I just take this little 20 minutes on my afternoon to just say, you're worthy, you're good. And I would just start to declare out who Jesus was. And Jordan, every single time I did that, it was just the peace of God would come into my mind and, and fill that room. I never left those times going, that was a bummer. You know, I, I never, I always left those times feeling like, gosh, that was worth 15 minutes. That was worth 10 minutes of my day just to use a little bit of my free time to connect with him. Yeah, what you're talking about is so good. And I think even on top of that, more than just the desire to invest your free time in your faith, in Jesus, like you're saying, it also takes discipline, you know, because it's very easy for other hobbies, activities, shows, books, movies, whatever, else to to steal away your time and that is when just somehow your time disappears i mean anyone listening who has ever entered into a, a TikTok time warp where three hours goes by in about 15 minutes you know exactly what i'm talking about and i know you haven't played nintendo in a long time i've played nintendo very very recently and the time the time vanishes so it's true it takes discipline and it, it starts with what you're saying the priority deciding early on is Jesus worth my free time and is he so worth it that even if I don't see fruit immediately you know on day two on week two of break am I still going to prioritize it still going to be faithful to him and continue seeking what he has for me over break now Ben let me one more time play the role of the student listener here who might say Ben it's called break and it's called break for a reason I was just studying my butt off for four months. I just finished finals. Now you're telling me to give up all my resting time to read more books. Ben, take it away. What would you say to someone thinking that right now? Wow, thanks, Jordan. I appreciate that. Well, number four is this. Prioritize the Sabbath, all right? So you're on a break. You got to rest. You got to do the things that are life-giving and, and refueling to you, all right? So over my break, you can find me at Pecan Valley in Fort Worth. All right, that's a golf course in case you're wondering. I'll be there hanging out doing something that I love because you got to do the things that you love. And this idea of a Sabbath was just totally foreign to me in college. I remember about my junior year just feeling like I was coming up against what I would define as an invisible wall of burnout. It was like I couldn't figure out why I was getting burned out because I felt like I was giving my time to good things. You know, it wasn't like there was anything that was in my schedule that was really bad. It's just that I had nothing to give. And someone came to me one time and said, Ben, are you prioritizing the Sabbath? Are you taking some time to get refueled so that you have something to give away as you go into the week? And I was like, nope, 
I'm not doing that. You know, I didn't even, it was totally foreign to me. And so it took me on this journey that I have loved, that I am still feel like a spiritual babe in, just brand new at learning how to take the Sabbath. But one of the things I feel like God's been teaching me recently is that a Sabbath is nothing more than a set-aside time, whether it's two hours one afternoon or it's maybe even a whole day, to just be with Jesus. Notice I said, be with Jesus and not do for Jesus. Because if you're anything like me, I can get caught up in this drug called production. And production says, produce, 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 and you'll find your value. Jesus actually says, come to me, abide in me, rest, 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 and you'll find your security. You'll find who you are in me. And the Sabbath is the perfect time to just pause and remember, I'm a son, I'm a daughter, and my value is not found in what I produce, but in who I am in Christ and what he's done for me. And that's what I love about the Sabbath. Now, there's so many different verses we could talk about when it comes to the Sabbath, but I just want to share one, and it's actually the very first mention of the Sabbath that we found in, find in Scripture. It comes from Genesis 2-3, and it says, Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. That word blessed comes from the Greek word barak, which means to procreate or to make more life. Just want to emphasize that here. What that means is that God has set aside an entire block of time or day simply to make more life. That's good news for you and I, because that means that there is a weekly invitation for you and I to take a step back, to pause, and to experience who God is and his nature as one that rests. So two different ways that you can do that really simple over the break is, is number one, rest. <laughs> you know, the only striving that we find in scripture is to rest. Hebrews 4.11 says, let us therefore strive to enter the rest that God provides. Wow. That one verse rocked my world. Yeah. Wow. In all the striving that I do, how much of it is actually from God? Because the striving that God invites me into is the opposite of that. <laughs> it's to rest in Him. So there's a physical rest, you know, taking naps and sleeping well. Um, there's a mental and emotional rest, calming down, relaxing. And there's a spiritual rest, you know, taking some time to just pause and to be with God. You know, you say, how's the Sabbath different than other days of the week? Well, someone said, uh, actually John Mark Comer, in a great book called Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, he said, on the seventh day, let God populate the agenda. Because every other day we populate it. So just take some time and pause and ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, how do you want me to build out my day in a way that is restful? And that may look different depending on the week. Uh, some days for me, it's taking a walk. Some days for me, it's taking a nap. Some days for me, it's worshiping some. Some days... Actually, every day it's spending time with my wife. Uh, that is always refreshing. So that's number one, rest. Practical number two is delight. Fill your Sabbath with activities that spark joy and gratitude in your heart. Yeah. Two practical questions you can ask there. Is this restful and is this worshipful? And if so, delight in it. So rest and delight. So that's number four, prioritizing the Sabbath. And y'all, this is a perfect way to learn what this looks like for you. It's going to look different for different people, and that's good. But over the break, maybe take some time to say, okay, 
I'm going to try for the first time ever to do a three-hour Sabbath once a week and just see how it might bring life to you and to your soul. Yeah, I love that, and I love those questions. Is it restful? Is it worshipful? And I think episode one of your Netflix binge, that's restful. Like, you feel good. You can feel good after that. For me, the first 30 minutes of playing video games feels really good. When I get to episode four on Netflix, when I get to hour two playing video games, that's when I start feeling... A little icky, a little anxious, wishing I had spent my time doing something else, something a little more worshipful. Yeah. So I love, I love that. And what I really love, Ben, is that we go to a church and I have a college pastor who includes resting, includes the Sabbath mm-hmm. on the short list of priorities during break. Four, pro- four practicals here and one of them is rest. Mm-hmm. Growing up, I don't remember ever hearing really about the Sabbath as something that we should be continuing to practice today mm-hmm. as followers of God. Godliness has always seemed to be achieved by studying really hard, by doing really good works, by giving you know everything we have, all those things. But what I love, like we're talking about, in resting on the seventh day, we are literally being like God. I mean, that's, that is in his character. It's what he did. We're actually following his example by doing that. And that's amazing. That's amazing. I wouldn't recommend using that as an excuse uh, when your mom asks you to do something over break that you're being like God when you're watching Netflix. But uh, but it's so true and it's so life-giving. And there you go, guys. That's four practical ways that you can ensure that you come out of break with a more intimate relationship with Jesus than when you started. And I just bless all of you guys to be lovers of the word and to receive revelation of the character of Jesus as a result of your love to have strong defenses against the enemy and be able to sniff out all of his tactics, to be faithful stewards of the time that God has given you, and to be good resters who see their life replenished by the grace of God during their Sabbaths. You are all capable of this, and I promise that the Lord will honor your decision to prioritize him during your break. Ben, that concludes our podcast series about winning your break. I cannot wait for next week to hear what encouragements you're going to bring us. I'm so looking forward to it. But until then, this has been the AFW College Podcast. Love all you guys. Praying for all you student listeners. We'll see you next time.